Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, March 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really struggling to find the good with the Phantoms right now. But we're going to try. We're really going to try today. We're digging. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, we are going to continue our conversation from yesterday about Mike Yo and Chuck Fletcher and how the rest of the season has been playing out. Uh, and then it's Phantoms Tuesday, so we're going to head up to Lehigh Valley and check in on all of our prospects up there. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We started the march toward the Giroux ceremony on Thursday and uh, it's going to get sadder and sadder by the day, hence it being my nemesis of the week. Why Why so sad? I mean, Chuck hasn't even talked to Giroux yet. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll be a good talk, Rachel. Uh, look, I, I, I cannot hold out hope because I, I would rather There's be no hope. Surprised. It's, it's, it's total bunk. <laughs> you know? No, no. It's total bunk. So they had a really lovely press conference yesterday with Sean Couturier and Scott Hartnell and Ian LaPerriere and talking about their experiences playing with Drew. And first of all, I love those guys. They're all funny when you talk to them and in interviews. Even Couturier can get a little funny sometimes when he wants to. And they just had such great stories. And, you know, I appreciated Lappy's uh anecdote about when Giroux arm wrestled Craig Berube <laughs> that was hilarious and the way he like tricked Berube into thinking that he could win but then at the last second Giroux just slammed Berube's arm down because of course he did which makes no sense because Giroux doesn't seem like he has the arm strength but he's got a wicked wrist shot and you have to have that with strong arms so he's deceptive yeah, and they talked a lot about his leadership as well. And uh, Couturier mentioned specifically, uh, and Scott Hartnell for that matter, about how Giroux would give any player crap for not being ready for practice or just being a step behind on a drill that, you know, Giroux just really was the guy, the role model for somebody who works hard every practice, every shift. He does. He really orchestrates things out there. And just so you know, like, I don't know, I don't think I've said it on this show before, but a couple of years ago, remember, like, you know, I think even you probably would have gotten on Giroux a little bit like, hey, why aren't you shooting more? You should, you, they need you to score a little more. And, and then, you know, and then eventually that happened. Uh, and the reason it happened is he actually went to a, a shooting coach in the offseason and 
learn how to change the angle on his shot and do some di different things that he wasn't doing. And it definitely helped him. And that was kept completely on the down low. Like, that was never in the press. It was never talked about. And But that's the kind of dedication he had to his game, to kind of like wanting to do it all for the team. And if they needed that, then he was going to do that. Yeah, and that's exactly the kind of guy that he is. He'll just do the work and not talk about it. Right. So the Flyers will be having a special pregame ceremony on Thursday at the game. And uh, it'll be, I think, a good one. They're, they're usually pretty good at these things. And mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to you know what additional special guests will be there and all of the video montages. And uh, it, it should be a really good night. I'll give you one more quick thing. So uh, the one time I was in Gatineau for a game, they were like, well, go sit down in the press box. And I went to go sit down there. And and this wasn't to see Giroux. This was to see, uh, boy, I can't remember the Flyers player. There was a player years later who came out of Gatineau. And, and he really was exciting in Philly for a couple of years. And then got another job after that. Can't remember his name. Anyhow, went there. And it was like a four-seat press box. So I was sitting behind some of the regulars. And, of course, you know, they found out where I was from. And then we start talking about Claude Giroux. Of course. Yeah. And he has a reputation wherever he goes. So uh, it's uh, it's always good to see that in your captain. So we will be doing a special episode on Thursday as well, just talking about all of our favorite Claude Giroux memories and, you know, talking about his time on the team and his legacy. So that should be a really good one as well. So you should tune in. Definitely. As far as the trade goes, uh, with the injury to Gabriel Landeskog in Colorado, it seems like this increases the chances that he might go there. Yes, I, I do think Colorado will be a little more aggressive now. I do think St. Louis is heavily in the mix. But I, I've still felt all along Colorado's probably that team. And now that Pavelski is signed with Dallas, we'll see if Dallas is still scouting. If not, then... If they are, then they're probably going after, you know, Braun. So, yeah, Colorado does seem to be the place. I think it's a good fit with him. And why do I feel that? It's a good question, Rachel. I, I feel that because he won't be the, the main focus there. He could do yeah. a lot of the little things that he likes to do and not have all the attention because McKinnon gets that. And then McCarr probably gets the next most attention. And that'll be something new for him. And I think he'll find that refreshing. I think so, too. I think he'll thrive in that kind of environment. So continuing our discussion we had yesterday, and, you know, this relates to the trade deadline because we have been talking continuously about what this team needed to do. Like once we knew for sure that we just weren't going to make the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you do with the rest of the season when you know in advance that the team isn't going to make the playoffs? Well, you put yourself in the best p position at trade deadline by showcasing the players that you need to, and you start looking more at your prospects and your younger players and playing them more so that you know what you have in order to evaluate your assets and come up with fair trades at trade deadline as well as in the off season. So you know who you want to keep, you know who you want to be able to offer up, all of that stuff. And right. I think, you know, from yesterday's show, our frustrations over the Flyers' inability to do those things just bubbled over. 
because it seems like Mike Yo isn't putting lineups together that accomplish that and their choices on the management side of who to bring up and who to send down aren't accomplishing that either, nor are they winning enough games to make the games competitive and to create momentum going into the off season or next season. No, that's fair. That's fair. And that's, you know, when you, when you think about that, like if yo is unable to teach the veterans and, and he's not trusting the young guys to do big things now, why do I think he's going to be into doing that when these veterans are traded? Like I, I, that's what I wonder. I kind of wonder if he's going to fall back on, well, let's call up Max Willman again and let's call up some of the guys who maybe are a little older. Like, it, it is a little bit of a worry of mine. Now, maybe the team will put a stop to it, but I don't know. They haven't stopped anything yet. Yeah, and, you know, from my perspective, I don't think we have a handle on what Morgan Frost can actually do. No. I don't think we have a handle yet on where Cam York would end up in this lineup moving forward and what role he should play. I don't think that any of the other guys that they've brought up have had enough time at the NHL level to get a sense of what their ceilings could be. And that I'm talking Lena Sandine, I'm talking Isaac Radcliffe. I'm talking, you know, and I don't necessarily think these two deserve a call up, but we need to know more about them. Uh, Igor Zamula. We need to know more about Wyatt Wiley I mean, I just think there's so many pieces here that we just don't know what their ceilings are yet. And there's no way to do that the way that they've been managed. Yeah, the only thing I could tell you is the way that they're sort of working Zamula leads me to believe they only think he's like an NHL depth defenseman. And I think he's better than that. But I don't think he's getting that kind of treatment. I don't think so either. And, you know, he has struggled with some injuries, but we'll talk a little bit more about him in our phantom section coming up. But yeah, it's the decision to automatically call Mike Yo the interim head coach for the remainder of the season, I think has been a huge mistake. I think that it's causing them problems that are going to bleed into this offseason. And I just don't see any way around that right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any way around it. And I know probably there are some people that are just like, well, what are you worried about? It's, he's just a caretaker. But like we're, we're looking at it like for beyond this year. Like this is, you know, when, when you have to start thinking about that. Because it's easy to just say, well, you know, the team would be better next year, blah, blah, blah. But they're only going to continue to get better with the um, infusion of these youngsters when they're ready. Exactly. Well, we're going to talk more about some of those youngsters when we talk about the Phantoms coming up next. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering, information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. 
next Monday at 3.30 Eastern, tune in to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live trade deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. You'll have appearances from the roster of local team experts across the network, including us. And for our immediate reaction, catch our trade deadline recap episode, which will post that day. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms, Russ. Uh, <laughs> I, I want such good things for them, but it just seems like things get thrown in their way a lot. And, you know, the, there's only so much they can deal with. So from a goaltending perspective, I actually think they did the right thing this week where they sent Pat Nagel down to Reading. He struggled in his first couple of starts back after the Olympics. And I do think Per our earlier conversation, we do need to know what we have in Ustamenko and Sandstrom right. right now. That's most important. Yeah. And and to have them both up in Lehigh Valley is the right thing to do, I think, for the remainder of the season, assuming they stay healthy. So I, I do think that was a good decision. And, you know, we got to see the good and the bad this week, which we're going to talk about. But uh, the other thing was that we got Hayden Hodgson back from suspension on Friday, which was good. Bad, he got suspended. He needs to tone it down. But at least we had him back in the lineup. Uh, we had a mixed bag of a weekend from them. Four games this past week where they won two and lost two, which keeps them in last place in the division, of course. They're consistent. They're consistent. They are. But, you know, they had a couple of games where they did battle back after being two goals down and then mm -hmm. they got blanked by Hershey twice. So I don't know what that says, but uh, they are consistent, I guess, as you said. Yeah, it's just I want to send Bob Rotruck flowers. I'll see him in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, um, maybe I should bring him flowers because he does such a great job and it's he a hard does. job. We had him on the show and he's such a delight. He is, but it's such a hard job, let's face it, especially this year. Yes, and he's done a great job uh, rolling with it in terms of all the new people and learning about them and talking about them the way that he does with such care. So looking at the weekend in Hershey on Tuesday, and, you know, they actually held it together for a good portion of the game, and they just blew it in the third period when Hershey scored two in the first four minutes to make it three to nothing. Um, mm -hmm. So that fourth goal was empty netter, you know, and at least their penalty kill was good. They were three for three on the penalty kill, but they were 0 for four on the power play, which again, See, but this is, this is like the same old story. This is just the pattern with this team where they only have a certain proportion of their game together on any particular day and it changes from game to game but it's enough that they can't win as much as they should right and if we could play like same old song and dance by Aerosmith it'd be perfect to insert here <laughs> yeah. this is the spot so I want to talk about the Friday game versus Laval because man that was a wild time <laughs> because <laughs> the Phantoms started off great they were 12 to nothing on shots until you know, late in the first, Cal O'Reilly just snagged an errant puck from a broken play from Laval and shot it right in. It was it was really pretty. And then, you know, they did 
a really great job, I thought, shutting Laval down, especially late in the game, which has, again, been a struggle both for the Flyers and the Phantoms to hold it together at the end of games. They wound up with a 38 to 24 shot advantage, 17 to 4 in the third period. And I just enjoyed this game a lot because they actually scored on the power play. They mostly stayed out of the penalty box, which, you know, check. And then I'm really enjoying when Wade Allison can play. (laughs) He he does great things. There was a line with him and Max Willman and Cal O'Reilly, which has just such great potential, right? Because they're all creative. They're all fast and combined for three goals and five assists in that game. Each one of them scored a goal. And I just, I haven't had this much fun watching a Phantoms game in a long time. Yeah. I mean, look, Wade's a fun guy. I mean, we, we just saw him recently in the press box and he had a toot gone and we asked him about it. And he's like, well, look, look at all this hair. Like, what else am I going to do with it? Like, he's just a great kid. I do feel like the only thing that could save his career is sports science. Like, if they could actually figure out the best times to use him, the best times to rest him, because he's never going to play a full year. And because I do kind of wonder, like, he's an RFA. Like, what are the Flyers going to do with him? That's a sort it's of a really exist- good question because they had pre-planned to play him on Friday and Sunday to give him Saturday off because, you know, three games in a row was too much for him at this point in his recovery. But he got cut by a skate blade on Friday. They stitched him up and he finished out the game. But then they wound up having to scratch him on Sunday, too, because they just decided that they'd rather the stitches heal up than Mm -hmm. risk putting him in a game, which is probably the right move. But again, we can't see him play. Yeah, it's just it's unbelievable what happens with him and not playing. It really is. It's just if you had a, a sheet and it was all printed out, it would be like four pages long already. And he hasn't he hasn't been up that long. No, no, it, it's so frustrating. And, you know, I, again, I got a feel for him, but uh, it's tough. It's been really tough for Wade. Um, and he's got a positive attitude. I'll give him that. He does. On uh, Saturday against Hartford, this was the second game in a row. Like I said, Phantoms came back from two goals down in this one. They still got to watch that PK, which struggled in this one. Hartford got two power play goals. And, you know, this is where Hayden Hodgson, again, was really stellar. Um, He had two goals in this one and a couple other really good chances. But I would say my favorite goal of the game was Linus Sandine making a mm-hmm. brilliant cross ice pass to Logan Day for the game winning goal in the third. Yeah, I mean Sandine's got some skill. I'm really I, I hope he stays next year. I don't know if he will. Uh but I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight a few things. Um Wyatt Wiley as an example. Uh so for this year he's averaging like eighteen twenty, which is good. He's getting to play a lot and and I think that's that's excellent. Now here's where things get weird. According to Instat, and I, I like their stats, I think they've been pretty accurate anytime I've used them, it says that Wiley is averaging 60% puck battles won. But yet, Road Truck said on that broadcast that Ian LaPerrier said he's losing too many one-on-one battles and wants him to bulk up, get stronger, and win more of those. So which is it? Is it the 60%? Is it what LaPerrier is saying? Is it somewhere in between? See, this is where I feel like we're Stuff falls through the cracks in Lehigh, don't you? Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying is that they just haven't been able to string enough together to be able to properly evaluate these players. 
And if the numbers aren't telling you what you need to effectively, or you're coming up with a different conclusion from those numbers than what they would suggest, you need to explain why. Right. I think that would be excellent because here's another one. So wanting him to be a little more physical, I mean, he's averaging like 0.73 hits per game. So he's not a hit a game, but he's a hit, you know, one game, he's two hits. Another one, he's, you know, probably no hits for this game. So, okay, I could see that ratio be wanting to be upped a little bit. But how much do you want him to turn it up? He's not going to be, you know, Ristolainen. I mean, you have to kind of know what's built into the guy. And you could, you know, you could raise it a certain level. Like we've seen Sanheim uh, raise it a little bit. But that's as much as you're going to get it turned up on Travis Sanheim. And I, I feel like this that's the same thing with Wiley. Like, there's just only so much you could turn up that dial. And so, again... I, 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 are they teaching organizational philosophy here or is it really player by player? I, I just don't get the feeling they're doing it player by player. I don't either. And I think that's a, a really good point. Uh, Wiley specifically on Sunday got high sticked pretty badly and left the game for a whole period. He did come back, but um, I think that whole game Sunday was a mess, but we're, we're going to talk about Saturday and Sunday and a couple of the other prospects and, and what's been going on with them after we talk about Rock Auto. And this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. They're going to choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever you need for your car. You're going to be able to find it and get your car in shape. So go to rockauto.com right now and search for all the parts available for your car or truck. And then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, so continuing looking at the Phantoms this past week, that game on Sunday was just a tragedy on all accounts. <laughs> the officiating was a disaster on both sides. Like I think both coaches were about to have their heads explode. <laughs> and, you know, people got hurt as a result. It yeah, was really bad. awful. First off, Felix Sandstrom was playing his third game in three days because we didn't even mention yet that on Saturday, Ustamenko got pulled after right. the first period. So Sandstrom had come in on relief and played two periods. So this is third game in three days. And man, you got to give him credit because he played his heart out in this game. And given that it was such a huge mess, I think just to come out with, you know, only one goal against was a really supreme effort on his part. But, you know, German Rubsoff left the game after an injury in the first. Yeah, he's uh, another like I, one. I know. Just... Wyatt Wiley, like I said, got high-sticked. And then there were six penalties called on the Phantoms, four on Hershey. Neither team got a power play goal, which I find <laughs> hilarious. 
That is amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah. One of them, though, Max Wilman got charged for charging the goalie when he literally got pushed into him. Like It was clear as day. And you're like, oh. what are they doing out there? So... You know, the fact that it was basically a one nothing game with an empty netter at, at the end, I'll take it and walk out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, one thing that I did notice from looking at some video is that, that Tanner Lisinski is skating really well. Like, he's skating yeah. as well as I thought he was going to ramp up to from preseason. Like, I knew it would get better, but he was already skating well. But this, I, I'd say this is the best I've seen him, you know, since college. Like, it's really... He's he's bringing the puck up himself. He's got a lot of confidence. Like he needs an instant call up the minute the Flyers make those changes at the deadline. Like he is a guy that absolutely should be called up and should be the four C or the three and, and put Patrick Brown as the three C. Like it won't matter. They need to start seeing what he might be able to do at that position at the NHL level. Yeah, I do think they have to pay attention to his health. He was scratched in the Sunday game mm. because of a potential injury. Maybe they just wanted to rest him to be That's safe. That's probably because, rest. Yeah. yeah, he did play the full game on Saturday, uh, but where he did score a goal, which was really nice. But he was also involved in a couple of really strong rushes where, to your point, you could really see where his speed comes into play there so i think as long as he's healthy you're spot on they do need to call him up and see what we've got yeah i would like to see that another guy i want to talk about is isaac radcliffe and because he did get enough i wouldn't say enough time with the flyers but more time with the flyers than some of the other guys did and looked fine like he did not look out of place and i think the combination of him and matt strom and hayden hodgson is a really good line that allows all of them but including radcliffe specifically to play to to their strengths where you know up with the flyers radcliffe really focused more on his physicality but with the phantoms on this line in particular he could really showcase his hands and his offensive skill Um, specifically in the second period on saturday he held the puck behind the net made a great pivot move on the boards fed it to hodgson for the go-ahead goal and it's that kind of play that i want to see more of from him yeah i see and to me that should be what they focus on but i'm fearing that they're focusing more on him being a big guy and being that big bone crushing guy and hey if you score goals that's great but we want you to play this way and that's i hope that that's not going to be the case and i just hope they don't want him to be like the next zach McEwen, but who could score that would be my worry yeah, it's, it's a valid concern to have because I think he needs to learn the pace of the game at the NHL level so that he can see what he can do as a playmaker at that speed right. and with that physicality. And so if he's focused too much on the hitting and, and the physical side of his game, he's not going to learn that fast enough. No, no, that's the worry. But yeah, he's got he's got the tools there. He does. He really does. And... You know, I think we should also just talk about Max Wellman a little bit. He had a goal mm-hmm. and an assist on Friday, an assist on Saturday. I think he and Cal O'Reilly are a really good combination. Like I said, I love that line. And Max Wellman, I appreciate, he just works hard whatever team he's playing on. And he really just had, had a really great game on Friday, a real solid game on Saturday when things were going bonkers, and uh, just makes himself 
noticeable at every turn when he's playing for the Phantom. So I appreciate his, you know, he does not get dejected by getting sent back down. He just does what he does. And I appreciate that about him. And I do. And I'm okay with, you you know, the team bringing him back. Again, if it's a two-way deal, that's probably best because they're not going to have a lot of money. And, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, he could replace some injured players up at the NHL level, but you can't insert him there expecting, you know, to get points. So, but that's fine. He could have a perfectly nice next couple of year career with with the Flyers. And, you know, that kind of effort is good to have that kind of guy around. So I'm fine with it. And then with Igor Zamula, he was out Tuesday and he's just struggling a little bit to come back from injury, I think. But Saturday's game for him, I thought was pretty solid. And he had a a really great keep that led to the game winning goal. He has talent. And I just, I want to see the Flyers acknowledge that he has that talent. Even if they call him up for the last game of the year, he needs a reward here. I really feel like he does because I just, I know what he is capable of, and it's not like, you know, anything superstar or anything, but probably, you know, 25 points, 30 points at the NHL level if, if everything develops right. But if he never gets a sniff of the NHL this year with the team being as bad as it is, I don't know what he's going to think and what that's going to do to him, you know, as far as like his drive. I know everybody should say, well, it doesn't matter. He should just be, you know, playing his ass off no matter what, just to get up to the big club. And that's true. But if you notice, organizations will reward guys and then send them back down like they did with Radcliffe. And sometimes it is just for a game. So you know what to look for next year. You know what to do over the summer. Those are important things. What if he doesn't get that? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So, yeah, I agree. They should definitely call him up at the end of this season. And Bunneman looks engaged. He's another guy I give... I give him credit. Like he, he just continues on. And I just, I want them to to bring him back. I I just fear like it may not happen, but he also has a very good work ethic. And I don't think we're seeing everything he can do yet. And he's not going to be a scorer or anything, but he could be a really good mucker at the NHL level and cause some problems, you know, get, you know, a very occasional goal. But I just don't know if we're going to see it. Well, we have two more chances to see it this upcoming weekend. Only two games, uh, Friday and Saturday, back-to-back at Springfield. So that'll be our next shot with the Phantoms. For our Flyers, fun thing, it's another Phantoms thing. They posted a very cute picture of Max Wellman and Logan Day. And Logan Day is missing front teeth, a la Sean Couturier, and it's (laughs) just adorable. (laughs) Yeah, my mother would be like, oh my god. But like every hockey person, that's just a hockey Mm. smile and they're all used to it. Yes. So that's a good pick from the Phantoms there. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with our mailbag. So send those questions in via Twitter at LockdownFlyers or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.